0: Giving it a big old kiss and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show.
1: A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism, one letter at a time. Again, this is the A's for Alcoholic Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, our presenting sponsor is the Green Camel Press. Uh, Green Camel Press is a design firm. Giving a what, what do I like to say, Jerry? We have a we have an old school aesthetic in a digital age. It's me and uh, my partner, and we do labels we do cartoons we do comics we do yeah. uh t-shirts which we've talked about on the podcast jerry's a big fan of the t-shirts
0: fits good <laughs> it's good um
1: nice green nice comfy They're they're long yeah. they're long enough for for a slim man like yourself these right. days mm-hmm. and, and
0: if i wasn't wearing pants you couldn't see <laughs> nothing you know
1: But if you want a T-shirt, you can go to GreenCampbellPress.com. We also do digital doodles, which is a fun way for us to share our art. We do some stop-motion animation, and we are working on all kinds of other stuff. We've got a children's book in the works and lots of other things. So go check us out at GreenCampbellPress.com. Yeah. Our other sponsor is our sibling podcast, which is called Gluten Is Not Your Problem. And just a just a disclaimer for those of you who might be sensitive: there is some discussions about alcohol, not necessarily in excess, but it does come up every once in a while. Um, but it's a great podcast. It's totally funny. I mean, Jerry, you tell me. I'm on. I'm on the thing. So.
0: I like it. It's I love the conversational tone between you guys. It's great. I've known Walter for a thousand years though, so it, when I listen to it, I just feel like he's sitting in the room with me. As a matter yeah. of fact, I've disagreed with him a few times out loud <laughs> in my own home. And I know he probably won't listen to this, but just, you know, I've yeah. been cooking dinner and been like, well, Walter, I don't agree with you. I, I, I I I think a loaf might sound kind of tasty. It depends, I guess, you know.
1: But not nearly as angry as you might have once been while you were drinking.
0: No, no, I was not going to fist fight him over, uh, you know, time travel. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fist fight him over time travel. Did you anymore.
1: listen to the latest episode of Gluten is Not Your
0: Problem? the one about having friends over for dinner. No, yeah. but I I imagine I I'm assuming I make an appearance in it somehow. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm pretty self-centered though. <laughs>
1: You're working on it. You're doing. You're doing yeah, all right.
0: I'm doing all right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, gluten is not your problem. With myself and our friend Walter, and we talk about Walter's uh, interesting life. Of we call him a culinary chameleon because he's worked in all kinds of restaurants and bars and and uh, eating establishments, and he's done all kinds of weird, yeah, interesting stuff.
0: He reminds me of like a Wes Anderson movie, but with rumple mints. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: a lot of his story, you know, I mean a lot of our stories, all of our stories deal with um excessive drinking or they and rumple they, mints. And yeah. rumple mints. Sorry, does,
0: that's a trigger. No, but it, trigger he does it. have
1: a very eclectic life uh and lots of good stories. In this last one, last episode we talked about his unfortunate incarceration um over some forgotten speeding tickets.
0: Oh, I don't remember any of that. And
1: the people he had to spend time in in jail with for the day that he was there or that however many hours, eight or nine hours. And um, we also talk about growing up on the farm and how sometimes the friends you make on the farm come to dinner in, you know, various forms.
0: Oh, oh, okay. So, I thought, When you first said friends, I thought it was just him and a border collie, like coming of age together. Like,
1: <laughs> no, we talk about how he had a pig on the farm and how the pig, uh, how he, I think I remember this story, how he learned, that, you know, your animal friends are what they're there for on the farm and getting close to them and having to eat them for the first time. So we can talk a little bit about that.
0: It's just artisanal, Which, dude. You know, yes. Pen to table. They people pay a lot of money for that in Portland. Uh-huh.
1: So go yeah. check out Gluten is Not Your Problem. You can get it on yep. Apple Podcasts. You can get it on um, Spotify. Um, yeah. Good stuff. We gotta
0: we gotta come up with a podcast network name if we're gonna start cranking these things out, right?
1: right? Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll table that for the next meeting.
1: I also wanted to, <laughs> um, <laughs> I also just wanted to say thank you to all the people who listen. We've got a really sweet um, a- email from a listener named Lauren that I just wanted to share, real yeah. quick. And Lauren just says, "Thanks for reaching out." Or no, that's that's my reply. Let's. Uh, here we go. John and Jerry, I just came across your podcast today, and I'm so glad I did. You guys are not only funny, but inspiring. I made the decision to get sober two months ago, and I could relate to you guys a lot. Keep on keeping on for the listeners like me. Thanks again, Lauren. So, Hell yeah. That's always you keep cool. On,
0: keep on keeping on, too. Two months is awesome.
1: Two months is huge.
0: It is. It is fucking enormous.
1: I, I, yeah. I feel like you know we talk about this a lot. But the idea of those those first the first four months are, you know, way harder than the next four years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to agree with that
1: things. Sobriety, I feel like along with other healthy habits, whatever they might be eating well or exercising, drinking enough water, these things gain momentum. Yeah. And the more you do them the better they feel and the more you want to do them and the better they feel and so on and so forth and it's kind of like they they snowball in the right direction rather than right maxing out With your credit wrong cards direction. at the liquor yeah, store or like and
0: getting super loaded by 2 p.m. at a pool party yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then deciding that that's the time to go out to a bar mhm yes yeah. but you it's... only have one flip-flop on
1: I think I've been there. I've been to that. Yeah, party. we've both been
0: there. I had your flip flop. <laughs> I threw it on the roof.
1: Um, So, yeah, thank you, Lauren. And thank you guys for everybody who's listening. Um, mm-hmm. We're also in the works of, I'm trying to find more people to interview. Uh, and I've reached out to a few people and we're going to be doing some more interviews this spring and this summer. Nice. Mm-hmm. So all lots of exciting, cool things for the podcast and today we decided that we were going to do the letter n and n is for no thanks i've had enough
0: right n- or navigating navigation
1: navigation navigating the uh, the drinking the world of drinking the drinking world the social world going to parties going to functions not feeling the desire to cloister yourself in your room which I would say that if you feel you have to, then then do that. Don't don't put yourself at risk. Right. I mean, I did. My first few months were definitely on lockdown just so that yeah. I would not. I mean, in those first few months, I ended up. I've I've told the story too, where I was out at a bar with friends, and the bartender slides this drink that he was working on, and my immediate reaction was to take a straw, put it in there, and taste it, and I was like. Mm. Pfft. I'm trying to be sober over here and I can't even, you know, control myself.
0: Right. You just immediately turned into a drunk werewolf.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what it, that's what it felt <laughs> like, man. That it did. Fear, it really did. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but when you get a little time under your belt and you feel like you want to be out in public or, you know, you have friends who still drink, whether, you know, whether they're... Whether they're super hardcore alcoholics or they're just social, you know, people at work, that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to, to see them, to talk to them. And sometimes there are certain situations, even family situations, where you have to be there. Yeah. And just, I think that, again, we've talked about this phrase, but the phrase, no thanks, I've had enough. Everybody can relate to that, whether you've had enough that night or that week or that month. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that year
0: or that year. Yeah.
1: Um, and you, you, the people you socialize with a lot of them. I mean, you have, you have friends that you've made in sobriety, but a lot of them are people that you, you hung out with while you were drinking. Right.
0: Right. But a lot of them don't drink though. Anymore. Do you know what I mean? Anymore or, or nah. I mean, most of the people I, I don't know. Like I only really hang out with my wife and daughter and then work people. But the mm-hmm. work people I don't really hang out with outside of work. But and the people associated with my job and those some of those people drink, yeah. Some of those people drink a lot and they party and but it doesn't it's that's got nothing to do with me. I mean if there have been parties thrown in, in during my sobriety where the whole purpose of the party was to get as fucked up as they can and they straight up are like, This whole party is us getting fucking drunk. We're gonna get fucking wasted. Yeah, I'm gonna day drink all day like it's some big revelation and mm hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to judge anyone. I mean, if that's did what that. you want to do, go ahead. Yeah, we did that. But then they invite me and I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm going to go. And they're like, why? Why don't you want to go? And I'm like, because I don't want to be around a bunch of drunk motherfuckers. Like, that's not really, mm-hmm. like, you people change when you get loaded. It's not as fun. Like, No. No, when you're a little warm, two or three drinks in, everybody's buzzing and laughing. I don't mind that. It's kind of fun because I get to be like, I'm not going to have a hangover tomorrow. And I, you guys are all funny. But it's when they start getting red and repeating themselves. And you know, you know the stages of being drunk. It's just like everything is this giant revelation. And then a couple people keep sneaking off to the bathroom and coming back. And all of a sudden they're super peppy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, this This to me is no longer fun because I feel like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I just... Uh, it's not even like it makes me feel like I want to drink. It's just annoying, to be honest with you. People it is. are unpredictable. Yeah, it is. So I don't know. I I navigate it pretty well. I also like want to stress that like being in recovery shouldn't make you a social pariah. You know, like you're not. There's nothing wrong with you. No. You know, there was something that was wrong happening to you or some some of your actions were wrong and you've realized that and now you're making steps to fix that so you know whoever's trying to pull you down with them that's literally what they're trying to do they're just trying to pull you down in their misery you know and that's sad shit man yeah and it's a bummer
1: it's tough there's a certain level of um yeah people want to and you know what i've you know what i've realized and i i learned this from uh from my friend John and he we talked about it on, on one of our podcasts my interview or my conversation with John S. If you go back and listen to that one. And he would have work people and they would kind of joke with him, you know, not they knew that he was in recovery. And that's that's right. also something that I think is really important depending on the delicateness of the situation, is to be upfront about it. I know that yeah. it helps me. I don't I don't go around touting it like, oh, everybody, hello and uh, I just want to let you know that I'm so glad. On your
0: T-shirt?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't have my sober AF T-shirt. And if you have one, awesome. Like I'm not. That's rad. I'm Somebody not. Somebody
0: send me a former blackout yeah. artist T-shirt. I think that shit's so <laughs> damn funny. I wear a size medium to small. Anyway,
1: <laughs> but he says he he jokes with the guys at the office, and he's like, they're like, "Yeah, you want to come out for some Manhattan, some martinis, John? He's like, "You know what? Maybe today's the day." You know, today and then the the, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh no, we were just kidding." We were just—he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe today is the day. Maybe a little clue <laughs> and creep. And so, so it's that thing where they're like, "I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be responsible right. for you falling right. off the wagon." And and so it kind of—I'm not saying that you should throw it back in people's faces, but mm-hmm. if they're throwing it at yours, it's okay to be—if you're comfortable with it—to be a little more right. lighthearted and be a little, especially if you're secure in that.
0: Exactly. And I think the idea of looking at it with some humor will save you a lot of pain in the long run Mm -hmm. because you, you know, I mean, I was in situations where I caused a lot of pain and I had a lot of pain happen to me and I, I kind of have to look back on it and with, with humor because it's, I can't, I can't uh, brood on it. I can't Mm -hmm. carry it around. It's just, they're all cautionary now. It's not baggage I want, you know, but, uh, yeah, if you can fucking laugh about that shit, you might as well. It's
1: yeah, I I've, I just and again I I don't I wouldn't say that I would encourage anybody to just do this if they weren't comfortable with it because right, I know be comfortable two right two yeah. months three months into it I certainly wasn't comfortable with that I didn't I didn't even really know people would ask me so you're just gonna not drink forever and it sounds super cliched but my reaction was oh no just just for today and or just for a little while or i'm not sure if it's forever but it's just being up front and being clear about it and now like i work in a restaurant and um there's a lot of wine that goes through there and a lot of bottles are left over and people are um people often want to share if they come in and they have this really expensive bottle of wine and right you know you're 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 waiting on them and they're like, just have, you got to have a taste of this. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, this uh, the 09 cab from Oakville, something, something, something. Right. And I'm like, I really, I really can't. Uh, I'm really terribly sorry. I would love to. I would love to, but I can't. And I don't need to give them a reason. I simply, and I just say, um, I can't, I can't drink at work. I don't. Or I right. just say, I don't drink at work. Yeah, It's just, it's my own personal rule. Or, you know, or management, you know, you just blame it on management. It says, I'm not right. allowed to drink at work and so i but i the always old
0: battle axe is on my ass again sorry <laughs> exactly. i can't have your wine that's been crushed by a these grapes have been crushed by a baby's feet though Mm-hmm. and the the, the yeah the wine cask is is lined with pure velvet
1: mm-hmm. are right. you
0: sure um you're like yeah
1: and so what i tell them i say i say i would love if you could pour me a taste i'll be happy i'll drink it after my shift and um, so they're they're just ecstatic. Give it
0: to someone else, yeah. And
1: then I just I put it right in front of the manager and I go, hey boss, uh, I got this, uh, di- you know, this uh, eighty nine Margot, uh, g- g-
0: yeah, Grease von <laughs> von Hammer mortar. try yes. it out, yeah. So I and I he's
1: and so he's always excited when I when right. I bring some uh, some fancy wine and I go, yeah, they wanted to have me a taste and they wanted me to have a taste and so I give it to you. Right. So that's kind of those are the different some of the tactics I use. Where yeah, of course yeah, yeah please pour and please pour me a glass. I would love to. I and I, the, oh, I just, I I just can't. I, I just don't usually tell people who are enjoying themselves at dinner. And go. I'd really love to, but I'm an alcoholic, and if I have a glass of wine, I'll probably end up destroying my life and somebody else's. <laughs> right.
0: Like try to avoid that. I would say, dear listener. <laughs> like I mean, unless that is needed. Like if you're being pushed, you can be like, no, man, I don't want to fuck my life up or fuck your night up. You know, mm-hmm. but. Honestly, yeah, I would. I don't. I don't really throw that out there too much. I mean, if people push, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, I'm a fucking alcoholic, dude. I drank too much. You haven't heard? This mm-hmm. is a small town. Nobody's told you the legend of Jerry Wagner <laughs> eating a burrito on a curb, crying. Like all the bartenders knew me. Mm-hmm. Uh, people now in now in my sobriety, and they become more comfortable in my recovery and my sobriety. They tell me now, like, dude, you drank a lot. Like you you were the person who drank the most out of everybody I knew. And I was like, why the fuck didn't you tell me that when I was drinking? And usually they're like, we did. And you'd get mad and like fucking storm out of the room. (laughs) But it just surprises me because even now I think I have like some denial. Like I'm like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't that bad. Like, you know, the the little alcoholic voice comes up in my brain. He's like, ah, you weren't that bad, buddy. And then someone out of the blue, usually coincidentally, someone will talk to me about my drinking and they're like, you drank more than anybody I knew. And you were a fucking mess, and I thought you'd never get sober. And then, you know, I'm always surprised by that. Is that weird? Because here I'm on a podcast talking about how bad it used to be and how good it can be. Mm-hmm. I still get surprised by it sometimes.
1: I think, I mean, that's why I love drinking with you. Because you would push me, and I would push you. Right,
0: exactly. You've said it to me, actually, and other people I've worked with said it to me. And I always, like, clutch my chest like, who, me?
1: Who, me? <laughs> 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 clutch my pearls
0: and, and gasp. Yeah, just... I never, I never drank four locos, you know, four four locos, you know, behind mm-hmm. a fucking Valero gas station. Did you ever have a four loco? I've never had one. Yeah, pre-ban, sp- two dog, pre-ban.
1: I don't know what that means.
0: That means it was just like sparks. Oh, oh before it just the, the ban, before the caffeine ban, when it mm. just became regular because the caffeine was bad, but the malt liquor's okay. Yeah. I visibly rolled my eyes at that one. I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous yeah i drank sparks that was
1: one of the worst i I think i remember
0: that hangover and yeah you called me and said bring me two sparks and i went cool i get to drink with john so i brought you two (laughs) sparks and then you would like run out of liquor and i i would drink your fucking whatever those were those liqueurs that you had for mixing you ordered all these fancy liqueurs from like france and i would like they had a high alcohol content so you wouldn't look i'd take shots of like rose water schnapps (laughs) or i don't know what the fuck it was
1: when I worked at this, like, uh, craft cocktail bar and I used to – I would buy – this is – I mean, again, this was me um, putting it under the guise of, I don't know, being some sort of fancy bartender. But I would buy –
0: research, Jerry.
1: I would get cases of liquor delivered from Europe that you couldn't get in the United States. Or whenever I'd go to a different city or a different state, I would always come back. I would ship, like, $500 worth of booze to myself and so I'd have all this weird, crazy stuff. And Jerry's right, you know, like taking a nip of rosewater liqueur or poppy seed <laughs> right. liqueur or whatever poppy it was. Right, poppy seed, right.
0: Just you'd order all this fancy shit, then you'd lay about friends and fucking drink <laughs> it when they couldn't find any natty ice, you mm-hmm. know. Like, it's true, it's but true. But that's the delusion there as well. I mean, there's one thing to be a connoisseur of alcohol because there are, well, let's not ignore the fact there's people out there in the world who just can drink without having any type of problem with it you Mm -hmm. know there's no problem with that Uh, but i think the delusion of being like i'm gonna order plus i also feel a little mad that you had ordered like 500 bucks worth of liquor you must have hid it all in your room because i couldn't find it anywhere in the house
1: it's possible (laughs) or i mean there were times where i would drink it or i remember nights in that house and everybody would come over and we we would just make we would just throw everything in a blender with some ice and call it good you know, because right. it wouldn't. It was no longer about recipes and and getting things right. It was kind of just let's dump this in here and dump this in here and and drink as much as we possibly could. So the
0: pretense was gone. You know, yes. the pretense was gone at one point. Yes, and, uh, that that's super concerning. That's why we are where we are now. <laughs> you know, because that pretense went out the window more and more often to the point where there was no pretense whatsoever,
1: and it didn't matter, and I didn't care, and I didn't want to. Um, I wasn't. I the longer in the deeper into it I got, the less Mm -hmm. I cared about, you know, rosewater liqueurs or right all that business. It was no longer interesting to me. What was interesting was getting it in me as fast as humanly possible. Yes, Um, and
0: and and then we compare it to now, where it's it's there. I don't think there's much in my life that has that much urgency. Maybe caffeine mm. a little bit, maybe nicotine a little bit with the vape stuff, but. And I do see myself kind of repeating similar patterns with shit like that, like with caffeine, like where I get to look forward, do I? I get to go home and have a diet coke, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, to fucking crush that Coke Zero, dude, you know. It's, but uh, but yeah, they're light. It's not the same. It's like a lighter kind of feeling. I think that 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 mechanism will always be inside me, you
1: know. I feel a lot less remorse, shame, and guilt if I eat like too many grapes. Then right. you know if I drink too <laughs> much wine or whatever. Just fuck it with grapes, huh? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you get, but I you look at the calories and how many you get four cups of grapes and it's like nothing, nothing. And I can crush those, no pun intended. But um, so yeah, I think we make I know, got it's, it. It's about <laughs> it's about the the addiction or the, the my addictive brain is still is sets up those things whether it be right. with food. Or it can be with food, it can be with sex, it can be mm-hmm. with nicotine, it can be with caffeine. I know that I look forward to my coffee in the morning and I get up and, and I, 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 I'm trying to drink less and less of it, but uh-huh. I still have that feeling of, of, I'm so fucking useless, I need a cup of coffee right now
0: if I'm going to yeah. shake this yeah. off. Right. I get up at 6.30 every morning and I like look forward to that first cup of coffee. because then... But, you know, I don't know, man. But like you said, there's no shame. It's not like I go on a fucking Starbucks bender and mm-hmm. come to the next day with pockets full of receipts and a, and a crying <laughs> wife. You know, like <laughs> oh. I didn't drink too much coffee and like, you know, run someone over, or crash my car. No. It, it's not as desperate and painful. You know, it's just these moments where you catch yourself going, oh, there's that part of my brain again that's working that way it works. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. And then I feel a little not necessarily remorse but i guess it's not shame isn't the right word it's more like interested i'm like wow that's really fascinating that my brain really does work that way so mm-hmm. like i am uh, for all intent and purpose like a true alcoholic you know there's all this talk all the time about true alcoholics or are you a real alcoholic i'm like yeah dude because i can play fallout 76 for 14 hours straight if i don't watch my shit you know what mm-hmm. i mean like absolutely
1: yeah, are you am I a true alcoholic? I take the alcohol away and uh watch the yeah, pattern dude. of behavior around the low calorie ice cream.
0: Exactly. We had talked about this and then uh-huh. before you were talking about early sobriety you had this similar pattern with normal calorie ice cream. Oh, so you were like yeah. reward system, you know. So yeah, it's 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 so fucking fascinating. We're gonna talk we're just gonna crack our own heads open and be like, our brains are fucking weird, man. Mm-hmm look at this weird thing i
1: i i feel again i feel a little bit better because also i'm i'm aware of it even if i'm deciding to go yeah. f- to follow through mm-hmm. with with that behavior over over food or or caffeine for me um right i still feel better about it then and i i usually say to myself well i think about like when is the next when am i going to quit caffeine right you know? i mean i think eventually i probably will because
0: when you're ready right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when, when it's your time to quit only only you can tell yourself yeah
1: i just yeah. know that sometimes i feel like i drink too much coffee and i don't get the same reward so yeah. then i think well what's the point right uh, those are
0: your little tiny rock bottoms with caffeine maybe yeah. you drink the wrong kind of coffee there's the alcoholic see in me. right so <laughs> you, you need to ramp that shit up go get some cold water
1: Mm-hmm. Cold water brew. Somebody gave me a, a glass of that stuff, and I got a little love jittery, it. man. Like it was... I drink it
0: every morning because it doesn't hurt my stomach. Because mm. I have, uh, you know, I got drunk eye guts, so I'm like, everything needs to be smooth and palatable now. Or, mm. yeah, was um, a rumble. I did have, and
1: oh, so and, and getting back to our topic at hand, there was another uh, situation I wanted coffee to... talk with coffee John talk. and Jerry. <laughs> So, yes, don't feel bad about the caffeine, the nicotine. I mean, what about you and the nicotine? How do you feel about that? Does it?
0: I, I have a weird relationship with it because I recently stepped my nicotine levels down to zero mm-hmm. with the vape. And so then the idea was to cut the vape out after a few weeks because I still like I'm trying to cushion myself and give myself time because I can't let it go because I'm hooked on nicotine, you know. And then I noticed that I was running through way more liquid. Like I was buying way more vape. Ju- I hate using the word juice, but I was buying way more vape juice. I sound like such a cornball, but anyway, I was buying way more. I was burning through it more because I was puffing on it more because my body was saying, "Well, we need to get in more for more nicotine because there's none in it." So I, instead of quitting, I just went back up to where <laughs> it was before. I went up to the three milliliters so I could buy less and save so money. So your
1: body was was thinking that if we do this action. That will get the drug, and then it wasn't getting the drug from the action. Getting the drug, right? Yeah. So I'm
0: kind of st- I've been on this precipice, like this little outcropping, for a while as far as stepping it down. And I feel like I keep telling myself like Easy does it. You know, first things first. You know, when you're done with this, you'll be done with it. But I mean, I don't know. I think about quitting, but then I'm like, once again, it's like that addict's remorse, the addict's fear of like, well, what what do I do then? What do I do then? You know, mm-hmm. when I keep but everything and everything in time right you know like I approached my own relationship with food you know and I confronted that you know and so I'm like okay now that we've we're living a new lifestyle we're figuring out how to like eat correctly and work out and use your body the way it's meant to be used then maybe not even maybe then we'll step to the nicotine yeah I probably keep caffeine around I fucking love it but
1: Mm -hmm, me too
0: and I might keep nicotine around too who knows they say these vaporizers are safe AF I don't know I use AF. You see that? It's lit, fam. Jam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just asked because I no, I'm just curious, not because I want to make you feel.
0: I don't feel bad. Okay. Yeah, I feel bad that I can't vape on the podcast, but that's all right.
1: If you, could... I don't really
0: feel bad about that. No, I, mean, I shouldn't. I'm... If I can't go like 45 minutes without hitting a the vape, then yeah, I need to go for a walk or something. <laughs>
1: that might be the case. Right. Um. And oh, this so this came up the other night. And I I'm open with everybody at work about not drinking. And right. people have asked me. I didn't I didn't bring it up um, to anybody except my manager and you know and then it kind of comes out and people ask like, "Hey, do you want a beer?" or something I'm like, "No, man." Like, "Oh, yeah. and at first it's like, "Oh, well, I got to drive, so I can't. I can't really drink anything." And then Right. Little by little it comes out. <clears throat> and so even the last time there were some bottles of wine at, at the end of the night. Uh, one of the girls I worked was like she first she goes oh hey do you want some of the- oh wait you don't drink, and yeah. she was kind of disappointed but at the same time just like whatever man like you don't count you're not important let me go find this other right. guy who you know the other people who like to drink and um and I didn't feel bad or or I was just said yeah you guys please can I get you some glasses like that's you know please enjoy indulge whatever. Um, You can call it education, and there's a lot of joking around it, too, when when people Mm -hmm. drink, especially when they're drinking, you know, we're doing wine education, right? and um, I don't, again, I don't want to judge those people for that kind of stuff, but it also seems a little, I don't know, disingenuous, or it seems, I mean... I just, it, I don't, it doesn't sit right with me that it's like, should be such a funny thing that we should joke about, um. you know, I think I guess it just feels false or it feels like, yes.
0: You know. Yeah. Well, it's, it, uh, disingenuous is a pretty good word for it though, but I feel like there's an air of naughtiness around it. So it's mm-hmm. like this going outside of social norms, right? Like, because it's so funny. I know we're kind of walking way around this end situation, but There's this social norm, right, that says you're allowed to drink. When we get together and we're social, we drink. When bad things happen, we drink. When good things happen, we drink. And we can drink to excess during these certain occasions. Mm -hmm. But if you drink to excess at any other time, then you suck. Or like you're not fitting in with the social norm. So – the idea of being like, oh, we're doing wine education, ha. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's like we're being naughty. Look at we're yeah. going outside of our social norms. It's so funny the double-edged sword of our society, right? Like we should drink for all these things, but if you drink for anything other than that, then you have a problem, which you probably do, you know. But I, I guess the point is like we 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 wag wag our finger at it and also totally encourage it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's always been such a weird dichotomy to me. And I I, I do think the whole wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing is... I I don't experience it as much as you, I think. Because I work with tattooers and I work around tattooers and barbers and stuff and bartenders, kind of. Well, no, not as much bartenders because you're a bartender. But Mm -hmm. I work with tattooers and barbers and, like, they're all... If they want to drink, they just fucking drink. You know, they're like (laughs) pirates, you know? Like, they don't give a shit. Like, there's no, like... It's a mommy night, you know, like mm-hmm. mommy's little... No, they're just like, I'm going to get super fucked up and pee my pants. Like, that's at my jam. And, and that's like, part of right.
1: the... I think that's part of the... And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's part of the no. culture and the allure and the interest in being it's a that tattooer. Rebel, that rebel,
0: a, right? Well, it used to be. I don't know what it is Being a modern-day barber. <clears throat> right. <laughs> or in a modern-day barber, because all the barbers look like tattooers. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. That's cool. We got a good look.
1: Thank yeah. you very much for for,
0: you know... Thank you very much for, you know, looking like us. You guys are cool too. But anyway, I honestly, I, I that part of it doesn't bug me necessarily, but I'm also not around it as much. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Instagram-y kind of shit bugs yeah. me a little bit. And you know, me and my whole sober november or whatever the so, sobertober or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sober july like that shit bothers me a little bit, but I don't it doesn't take any time out of my day. I just look at it and go if if you're having enough of a problem that you got to take a short period of time off, why don't you try a longer period of time and see what happens? Yeah. But I'm just some dude on a podcast in his wife's office. So, you know,
1: Hey, you, you're doing good work, Jerry. People hey, are, I'm doing <laughs> the Lord's work. Motherfucker. Yes. So I think that you, you, one, I don't, I don't think anybody, I don't feel bad to say no to anybody. Um, no, there was, I think there was bad. some. I think there were some times in the very, very beginning, in the first few months, where it w- it would have been, it could have been easy for me to succumb to some peer pressure, and I think that's why I knew myself well enough, or or yeah. I should say I knew my habit, I knew my addiction well enough right. that I knew I had to kind of hide it out, I had to wait it out, I was just in this foxhole while <laughs> you know all the yeah, uh, yeah yeah all the shit that was hitting the fan. And now, and even even six months or a year into it, I, I kind of steered clear from certain places and things, but now I don't, I'm pretty comfortable in the fact that I don't drink, yeah. and I sometimes get invitations, and I tell people, thank you, and oftentimes, you know, it, it never comes to me having to say no, necessarily, but... I work with a lot of people who drink and a lot of people who are in the liquor business. And so there's always these like, yeah, you should really come to our tasting room. And I go, that sounds like a great idea. You should, um, one of these days, you know, yeah. one of these days. Yeah, that sounds great. We should get together one of these days. And there's only been a few occasions where people who make liquor for a living or people who sell it for a living have, you know, had a one-on-one conversation with me. And and then I, I basically just come clean and say, I don't drink. I don't drink at all. Um, yeah. I think you what you do is great, and you have a great product, and I'm really proud of it, and I've had it before, but I don't drink. And, and, <laughs> and it, No, I do.
0: I know it just makes you laugh because you're like, I've had it before. <laughs> quite a bit of
1: it. I have quite a bit of it. Uh, you remember that event we did? I took, like, six bottles home. I drank it all Thank in you. about four days. In the dark. In the dark, alone. So, so I... I and it's only happened a couple of times, but I'm just, I get straight up with them and, and they're like, you in the mm-hmm. program. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I don't really delve too much into it. Or I don't, I don't judge them about what they do. Cause these are nice people making a good living on, you know, stuff that they
0: love. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, we're not the moral compass here for the, anybody. No. Our only person we're moral compass for is ourselves. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I did it. Um, to this kid once At a poetry read And I had been sober Like three or four months mm-hmm. And I needed to do things Like I thought In my early sobriety I could still go out And be social Like be around people And be social I had to continue doing that Because I thought Oh well I must be a social person Because I was out at the bars Every night After drinking Like half a fifth At the house I, I, I must be Have to be around people That'll keep me Nice and sober So I'd go to these Poetry slams In this coffee shop Down here in Eugene hmm his poetry reads and so it's you know four months sober and i was out back still smoking cigarettes i was smoking a cigarette with like this 22 year old kid and i was like probably 38 39 i mean well i was 38 because i'd just gotten sober and uh the kid had a flask and he's like you want to sip and i'm like no i'm good he's like what you don't drink and i'm like no i don't and he's young so he's like didn't catch the out because i was like no i don't drink i don't drink and the kid was like why and I was just like, because uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like, I'm a fucking flat-out alcoholic. Like, I'm a bad drunk. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, and then backed up from me and avoided <laughs> me the rest of the fucking night, you know. And then later on, in hindsight, I was like, gosh, I shouldn't have hit the kid with it that hard. You know, I mean, I hadn't had, I didn't have to lie, but I didn't have to be so dire about the fucking thing. But I was so early... Maybe you was did. still a raw wound. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I was still walking wounded. I was still hurt from the idea that I couldn't do this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to fuck me up, man. It used to fuck me up bad that I couldn't do it anymore. I'd get like upset. I'd get pissed off at people who did it. I'd resent the shit out of them because I was like, how come you still get to fucking do it? And I can't, Yeah. you know, and I had to sit down with someone I was working with, you know, with my recovery with, and he had said, well, you know, I was talking about somebody I, that i used to party with that continued to party and i was like how come he gets to drink and i don't and i remember this person i was working with said no dude he doesn't get to drink he has to drink and you don't have to drink anymore and it was like this fucking even that little play of language mm-hmm. that changing of term and the grammar like it was like a light lit up i was like you're fucking absolutely right dude like I so i don't have to. I don't have to, right? And so that's the idea. I mean, you could even bust that one out. That might be a little crazy though, right? Next time you're at a barbecue with your <laughs> girlfriend's parents, they're like, hey, you want a Hefeweizen? You're like, nah, I don't have to drink anymore. And then, it, man, everybody will look at you like you what? just farted in the room. Like you just stood up and farted <laughs> on the table. Because I've experienced that too where I tell people I don't drink and they look at me like I'm fucking, like I'm different, which I guess I kind of am, you know, like mm. whatever, whatever. I think
1: that sometimes and this is this is my pure speculation on how I felt about people while I was drinking. Yeah. But I imagine that some people when you tell them you don't drink and you tell them that you're a recovering alcoholic or you tell them that you're in a program or you tell them you're not in a program or Whatever. that you just you yeah. just don't drink. I think anymore. that sometimes anymore. Uh I think that sometimes it makes people, you then become a reflection of their, where, yeah. where that could lead, where that bad where behavior mm-hmm. could lead. Yes. And nobody wants mm-hmm. to think about getting better and changing themselves. And when you're, yeah. I, I should say that when, when I was in the throes of my active alcoholism, I did not want to think about getting better, changing myself or being, yes. you know, growing as a person and a human right. being.
0: I'm there with you, this is why I'm so <laughs> emotive over here because that's exactly how I felt, and I had friends who had gotten sober who are still sober, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. I would drink I'd see them at functions in the same thing. it was like it was like looking at a skull and pondering your own death. You know what I'm saying right, like it, it was like memento mori <laughs> shit, it was like some Hamlet <laughs> shit, you know like what
1: is tell me what memento mori is it's, it's
0: re- it's Latin. It's it's basically like remember remember death. Like remember mm-hmm. your death. Like in everything you do, remember you're going your mortality. It's mm-hmm. basically the remember Latin. You. Yeah, the Romans or whoever it was just being like, hey, we want to be a killjoy over here, motherfucker. <laughs> I think they would put them on items or gravestones or like little little sigils and items mm-hmm. that you carry for the you know people have departed and shit. But I
1: think that that's sometimes what happens. That's the feeling I get from people when I tell them I don't drink in situations where I don't know them that well. Or, yeah. you know, and they're just like, oh, OK, um, I need to get away from you. <laughs> I don't want to catch poor, what you sad. got. <laughs>
0: you poor know? sad man. You poor sad man. I don't want to like catch I'm that not sobriety. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't want to catch that, too. That is another great point. Like, I don't want to be catching that shit from you. I'm over here coasting. I'm having, I'm on a fucking, what is it, a, a gravy train with biscuit wheels, mm-hmm. man. I'm rolling, dude. Like, I don't need you telling me or looking at me judging. There was also, like, I thought that people would judge me. And now that I'm on the other side of the coin, I realize that like I don't the only reason the only time I'm going to judge you is if you spit while you're talking to me, telling me (laughs) the same fucking thing five times or telling me how stoked, how proud you are of me. But you've already told me five times how proud you are of me. And I'm glad that you're proud of me. It makes my heart feel good that your drunk ass is proud of me that I can figure it out. But you don't got to tell me five times. Mm -hmm. But you're also drunk. So you don't know that you've told me five times. You just that's a. you see me, that's your first thought. Proud of you, man. Did a good job
1: and that just means Thank it's time you. to leave the party, Jerry.
0: Right, exactly. I look at my wife and I'm like, "Yo, can we fucking bounce or what?" cuz it's like steal some of that cake and let's go. Let's
1: go. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's just funny to me and it's just the psychology around it and trying to trying to navigate that in a way that is that is kind to people because again, I don't want to especially if somebody either A is just having a good time and they don't yeah. have a problem. Mm-hmm. B maybe has a problem, isn't having a good time and sees me as a, as a reflection of, of where bad behaviors will ultimately lead. And, you know, that being said, I feel like they've led me to a, to a pretty awesome place because of those good decisions, those good behaviors that I decided to make. I couldn't have gotten there until I got to my rock bottom. But when you're not at your rock bottom, you don't see it as it's still a manageable issue. It's still a manageable problem. So, um, it's just being delicate with people as far as what I'm like, I'm not promoting it. And I don't really care if you, whatever you do is you do. Um, but I just can't do it. Right. But if you're going to push me, then maybe I'm going to get fucking dramatic about it.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, kind sir. Good day, and then you flip the. Oh, I this is my second Grand Marnier reference. Mm-hmm. You flip the table. It's maybe maybe it's the gluten is not your problem. I liked hearing Walter say Grand Marnier. The way he says it. <laughs> Grand Marnier, s'il vous plaît.
1: S'il vous plaît. But
0: uh, s'il vous plaît. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's and um, just, I don't know, man. Just just you're not you're not a fucking alien because you don't drink anymore. You know, like we're not aliens. 'Cause mm-hmm. we don't drink. We've actually figured out the secret. You should come with us. <laughs> Get on the spaceship. <laughs> Get on the spaceship. It's just a sober spaceship full of what? Coffee and popcorn mm-hmm. and ice cream. Yes. Right. I need to go. Hey, to popcorn's popcorn. low calorie. Yeah, it's that low calorie, man. A little nutritional yeast on it. I Not do bad, that. bro. Yeah, um, me too. What fucks with popcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yeah. a
1: great um I may have mentioned this, there's a great podcast, Rich Roll Podcast and his um his guest is chris davis i believe and the uh-huh. name of the podcast if you google it is called chris davis chris davis should be dead i think is what is the name is that, of it yeah i've really listened, listened to it? it it's a
0: good one yeah I think that's it's the a one really you good recommended one. to me yeah the guy and, is like a kind of a hard edge kind of dude. I like him.
1: He's, a, yeah, he's a hard-edged dude. He sounds like he smokes two packs a day, and right. but he tells his story, but the, so the thing, like, I love the quote, I think, and I think they use it in the beginning of the of the episode, where he says, he's like, yeah, man, I had to quit drinking, and said, somebody says, oh, that sounds really dramatic. He's like, you want to see dramatic? Take me out drinking,
0: you know, yeah, for a night, exactly. and we'll, I'll show
1: you dramatic.
0: Dramatic, yeah.
1: And it's so absolutely true, because um, Coming from where I come from, I just can't do it. I I I would think about if I were to go out tonight. I you know I got some money in my pocket. I got the night off. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to worry about me for a while. But I would no. I would just tear yeah. ass. I would make a mess of myself and everyone around me. And again, I would wake up hungover and sober and have to deal with the consequences of my actions. Right. So assuming like that I made to- it home.
0: Right. Exactly. And it'd be like, you'd have to teach yourself that lesson all over again. Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I, I, don't know, I think man. about that a lot too. I, I put yeah. myself in those hypothetical situations to kind of remind yeah. myself.
0: I, I do yeah, something I similar. Do right. And I think about all the work I have to do the next day to deal with the fallout. If there is a the next day, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause there may not be. And yeah. I, that was another thing I didn't really consider while I was drinking is that, like, this may be my last night alive. Mm -hmm. who knows you know especially the shit i would get into sometimes with myself but then i think like yeah i do the same thing i play the tape forward and back it's funny i play it back to what i remember doing that was awful and i play it forward to what i'll have to do Mm -hmm. if i go back out again all the shit i got to take care of and the nursing the hangover and the apologizing to everybody and the people i let down and I mean, even when it wouldn't be one night, you know what I mean? It always compounds into several nights, which compounds into this whole fucking trail I leave behind me, you know? And, yeah. You know, I just i am not ready for that. I don't no. want to do that. No. Ah, it's a lot of work. So I'm like, no, thanks, man. I'm good. I don't need to go over there up to the fucking Highlands and uh, do whatever <laughs> they got, you know? I drive by the Highlands every day. It's a bar up it's a bar. in Eugene, up in north, uh, South Eugene. It's right in the same plaza as my grocery store. That's the only bar I got cut off in. We were talking earlier before the podcast. I said I'd never been 86 from anywhere, but I'd been cut off. And that was one of the only bars I got cut off. No, that was one of the only bars in the beginning I'd gotten cut off in. Do you then remember I'd gotten why? I got cut off in a few bars. I was being really loud and I was hitting the tabletop machine, the one that mm-hmm. you're talking about playing at the mm-hmm. bar you used to go to, the wagon wheel or whatever. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I was probably playing that matching game where you got to find the difference between the two girls titties or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. like, this titty's got a bra and this titties doesn't have a bra. And the lady's just suntanning splayed out like on this beach with and those like, poor find...
1: graphics. Those, those yes, four, 16 dude. bit graphics.
0: And they're like, find the difference. And I couldn't find the difference. So I guess I hollered at the machine and fucking slapped the side of it. Like, ah, you fucking beast or whatever. And, and they the woman walked. Well, no, she didn't tell me to get out. She told me I couldn't drink anymore. She slid a big pint glass of water in front of me and said, you're not allowed to drink anymore tonight. I was like, all right. And then I just went downtown, drank more. So, But, you know, they're liable for me. But, yeah, so anyway, I drive by that place every day. We're we're back here in the here and now. But, yeah, I drive by every day and I go to the grocery store because I don't grocery shop like a normal person. I grocery shop every day. But I always look at it and I – I don't know, man. Like I don't. I have no idea why. I just don't go out and buy all the shit once a week. Like every night, I'll hit the store to buy shit for dinner. It's usually I can give excuses, but this isn't the Jerry Wagner grocery shopping podcast. <laughs> but uh, I drive by it and I see them out there under the awning smoking. You know, like and it's mm-hmm. raining and it's cold, and they're out there smoking. And some of them are more lit up than others. And there's a lot of people too. It's a handful of people out there. Some are hollering somebody's got their car pulled up with the stereo on and they're like dancing hollering but they just like 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 we saw them at the bar at the ground level or whatever yeah ground control and you're like no one looks happy like no one looked happy yeah so to me i was like nah i'm gonna avoid that place nobody in there looks happy i mean the people are bummed out in safeway too but there's a couple happy. there's some children in there they're having a blast you know? sure
1: you know yeah um yeah i don't I don't frequent any bars except the one I work at, and even right. then, I also, you know, another interesting um, reminder is getting to hear stories of people because the service industry is fraught with, um, with, uh, with alcoholism, and you know, I, I don't, I don't ever assume that just because people go out and get drunk every night or. I hear about it that I that they're alcoholics and you know there's a lot of young people that I work with right. and that's what there's you just a lot 20s. of drunk motherfuckers in the service there industry. is that too there's a ton yes. of drug motherfuckers yeah yes uh it's very easy to slip into it and so I'm always reminded and I I just kind of shudder when I hear some of the stories about what happened the night before and this yeah. that and the other and I'm just like oh okay I'm just and again I go back to that I'm so glad I don't have to do that yeah because that would be easy. Get off work. Let's go to the next bar. How much money did I make? I'm going to blow it all tonight. You know, if we're lucky, we'll get a cab through Taco Bell, which you don't even need anymore. They'll deliver it to your house with the uh, whatever apps. What? Yeah, there's like DoorDash, GrubHub, fucking Road Butler. Road taco button. Taxi or whatever it is. Taco Taxi. These I, are, I just you made, made those two
0: up, but those are great. I made that taco, last one up. But Hey, yo, it's Johnny with the Taco Taxi. <laughs> Fuck all that Green Camel Press shit. You need to start Taco Taxi.
1: Taco Taxi it is. Tacotaxi.com. I should get that. Dot com, yeah. Um, get that website tonight if somebody else Get that domain
0: it. name. We'll put that on a green t-shirt. We'll taco put that Taxi. On a, on a,
1: but on it's a true. You don't t-shirt. have to. Yeah. They'll, they'll deliver $100
0: worth of Taco Bell to
1: your house. <sighs>
0: That's so much Taco Bell, dude. You could get you could get nice and full off of ten bucks of Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, and what would you do with the other ninety the next day? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, just I don't know. And You'd probably eat that for two days. The Taco Bell shelf life isn't very long. It's what forty five minutes, maybe something like that. Yeah, Taco Bell is only good for forty five minutes. Oh, that's yeah, so you got to get it down quick. Turns into a pumpkin.
1: Ooh, something. It turns turns something. a little squashy, squanchy. Yeah, squash, Um squ- <laughs> So, so yeah, and, and it, it's, it's easier when I'm open about it than when I'm not with people, and I always feel better yeah. mm-hmm. being open, finally, you know, when I started this new job, and it was, at first, you know, I'm very quiet, because I'm, again, not trying to uh, tell it from the mountain, so to speak, but... Right. Um, now, I don't have to say anything to anybody, and they all sit there, and they drink their beers, and I pop a right. club soda, and... I go, okay, it's time for me to get out of here. You guys have a good night. And uh, enjoy your shift drinks. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow.
0: I experience it more around, now that I'm thinking of social situations, around my uh, kids' friends' parents. Mm -hmm. So now that my daughter is in third grade, you know, they're having playdates and hanging out. And the parents want to get to know us, so they invite us over for dinners or barbecues. And we don't go often. It doesn't happen often, but when it does... I've noticed that they've – I don't know if my wife sends out like a writer beforehand or something, <laughs> but they've kind of figured it out. It's really weird. I remember going to a dinner one night with this um, – it was a, a dinner party for someone who had sold a house. And it, it was my wife's friend's boyfriend who sold this house. And So I show up at this dinner party. It's a very nice place. It's like $800,000 house. It has a bar in it. You know, They're drinkers. They're not like crazy drink, but they enjoy their booze, you know. Yeah. And uh, like the minute I walked in, he didn't even offer me liquor. He was just like, you want club soda or Coke? Like he had figured it out. So someone had told him beforehand, but most people I encounter like the, you know, even the ones who do like, will show up at my daughter's birthday party afterwards and they'll have like a bottle of wine after all the kids have left and they're picking their kid up and they'll give it to Megan or be like, Hey, can we have a glass with you? They never ask me like, yo, you want a glass too? I I don't ever remember being offered.
1: So you think your wife talks to...
0: I, she the lady must, right? or, or
1: that the wife of the other guy that's throwing the I party th- and then i think it
0: just comes up conversationally maybe i mm-hmm. don't know but i've noticed this 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 uh pattern with the last few couple of friends where no one's ever really offered me like a drink of alcohol they've always had soda or like club soda it's weird man it's weird uh, those mean... first few friend hangouts too those first few like kid friend hangouts were kind of like a little uncomfortable for me because I have to be social and man, I'm not good at that. You know, yeah. especially sober. I'm like, Oh no, what? I'm going <laughs> to do something stupid, man. You know, mm-hmm. like, do you, you find, yeah. do you find that it gets easier the more you do it or you still? Yes, absolutely. Now I just, just I mean, I still uncomfortable sometimes, but now I'm like, well, you know, I'm here with, usually if I'm doing anything social, I'm with Megan. So she's making me do it. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, i'll let her do it all but no i f- i find it a lot easier yeah the more comfortable i get with it the more it's like it's like public speaking like you just end up slaying that beast and i hate doing public speaking too who'd have thought right
1: i just i and i i just find that i don't i i don't care anymore or i don't care as much because let well, say i'm in a social situation with lots of people i don't know and i don't mm-hmm. drink and everybody's drinking and um, so just the the whole not drinking aside socializing with people I just kinda you know whatever I say or however (sighs) I talk or or if somebody asks me a question or whatever the conversation is I just don't really care I don't worry as much about whether or not I'm gonna make a fool out of myself or if I'm gonna (coughs) if I'm not gonna be seen as okay or cool or whatever right I just don't worry about it and also the fuck does it matter what does it matter yeah I mean, like, you're
0: not cool anymore, man. <laughs> I guess yeah,
1: not. And if I'm not cool anymore, that is fine by me.
0: Yeah. You're like, I'm going to fucking wait till you get drunk, steal all your ice cream, bounce, dude. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. Yeah. One of those big, not five gallon tubs. That's too much ice cream. What's the big, that's so like, like the, one the 2.5? Something I don't know. Like it's like that. the big
0: blue bunny one that's mm-hmm. like. Some mm-hmm. gross flavor. I've been seeing some new ice cream flavors. I don't want to turn this into an ice cream podcast, but I've been seeing some shit that's been catching my because I try to eat the locale ice cream too.
1: Mm-hmm. Where
0: I'm like, peanut butter and jelly ice cream? What the fuck? Wow. It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in ice cream form. That's don't crazy. I'm about
1: that. That sounds good. I will. Um, I will say, too, be careful these days with the, um, for anybody who's going to parties and trying not to drink with all these, this new wave of alcoholic club sodas
0: yeah it's like alcoholic la croix, right? la croix? yeah la croix, i call it yeah
1: yeah it's like alcoholic Lacroix. what's up with that that's it has i don't i mean i don't know what it tastes like i assume that it has no flavor or has my like, wife
0: loves it so it must not have flavor
1: <laughs> she likes the. she likes it light <laughs> she likes um, it real light um but yeah it's just uh and be i think being prepared especially if you're going, you know, if I'm going to a function, I'll bring say I'll bring like a six pack of beer if I'm going to some place to like that I that I want to be, you know, um I want to be a part of or if it, a lot of it is my girlfriend's friends and right. a lot of those people are they drink some and some of them don't at all and so that's cool too, but I'll bring over like a six pack of beer and then I'll also bring myself over like some a laqua or something like that, or a six right, pack of yeah, Pellegrino or something.
0: That's what I do. And every just, time, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. just so excited, I have something got to drink. Super excited. You and I were were simpatico right now. Mm-hmm. We're tandem, because like I'd get invited to parties for the shop, and I know that most of those guys actually just smoke weed now. But like I knew a few of them drink. A lot of them, a couple of them get loaded, and I wouldn't bring beer, but I'd always show up with like a twelve pack of soda. And I would drink like six of those fucking Cokes too, because you know, I'm like I am enjoying myself, you know, banging in like seven hundred and some calories, but yeah, even now when I show up to their barbecues or parties, I just bring a bunch of diet cokes and like maybe a thing of like normal Cokes for someone else, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't just navigating, man. We're Mm -hmm. navigating. We all gotta navigate.
1: And it's okay to say no, and it's okay to it's okay to do what you need to do for yourself. Because yeah. at the end of the night, you're, you're. I mean, I know that I'm the only one there who's gonna keep me sober. I can't rely on word. I can't rely on. I mean, I rely on a lot of people for the community and and the support and the love mm-hmm. and all that shit. But at the end of the night, the end of the day, I have to make that choice for myself. And right. I'm gonna feel so much better in the morning if I just say no, thanks. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had enough. And that's, I love that phrase. And um, my sponsor told me that phrase because everybody gets it. And so it's, it's worked wonders, especially if you, if you, even if you're in a situation where you're going to see like live music and where do they play live music at? Bars.
0: Bars. Yeah.
1: And where do you run into strangers? And maybe you're sitting at the bar and getting your club soda with a squeeze of lime and somebody wants to buy you a drink or somebody, you know, strangers come up, how are you doing? And like, no thanks, I've had enough. Or I always tell people I'm driving, which 99% of the time is the truth anyway.
0: Word. You're the DD,
1: bruh. DD.
0: I gotta take all these drunk women home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's that's often the case anyway, too. Um, but I I feel like being upfront and honest with it to a certain extent, um, or even to the fullest extent. I mean, you don't have to get dark. You don't have to, you know, talk about no. what led you there. I mean, if no. somebody asks me and they if they want to just be like, I don't want to harsh your mellow, man. I don't want to I don't want to bum out your good time. Yeah, are
0: not an open book. Huh? <laughs> are you an open book?
1: I, I mean, I, I I would. But I also would just say this is not the place nor the time. And if you're having if you're I mean, if people really want to hear about it. They're not going to come up to you at a fucking concert.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say too. If they, re- you're like, listen. If you really want to hear about it, I got this podcast.
1: <laughs> right here's
0: my card. Right. Start with A, work your way up, <laughs> and then you'll know.
1: Uh, put it on shuffle. Get weird with it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah you should just yeah get real weird with it. Um, spell words out. You know, spell so... out fart. with
1: it. <laughs> but it's it's just uh, I yeah be upfront with it. Be open with it, and be be straight up with people. And right. I mean, that's, that's what I do most of the time. I remember, uh, a conversation I had, I was meeting my girlfriend, some of her friends were in town and we were meeting them and they had been at a brewery or something. They were doing this beer tasting at this brewery that they, they're they not from out, they're not from here and they never get to taste it. And so they were really excited to go to this brewery and that was their favorite mm-hmm. beer and all the stuff. And so they came and they, they sat with us at dinner and I think they ordered another beer and something about you know i don't think she had said anything to them and they said oh do you want something to drink and i said no i just just water's fine for me and and <clears throat> something about you don't drink and i said no i'm actually i said i'm i'm in recovery and he was genuinely interested about it and so we yeah. had we had a brief conversation about it and i said I, my whole thing was i just had to stop that's the that's the short version is i couldn't anymore I had I had gotten to the I've gone as far as I possibly could without falling off the edge. And even then I was hanging on by my fingernails, you know. Right. So I find that people, people who care and people who are kind are often receptive to your truth and people who aren't are quickly dispersed with by that same right. truth exactly <laughs> yeah exactly. so it works both ways so and again sometimes you don't need to get that involved with people i'm just driving i i, I thank you or no thank you i've had yeah. enough
0: like i said i gotta take all these drunk women home Mm-hmm. just yell that and run away
1: that's <laughs> that <Just> fucking <laughs> run for your life forrest
0: gump it right out of there just jet
1: Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com.
0: And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.